The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome back to the officially unofficial podcast. I'm your host, Johnny Junta. We are joined with an OG friend of the podcast, one of the first guys to ever take a chance on me and come on the show. He just got traded to the Oakland Athletics, just got engaged. It might be the offseason of Kyle Muller. It's Kyle Muller. What's up, brother? How are we doing? I'm great, man. How are we doing? I'm doing good, and we're talking about the engagement here. I will say this. I'm turned into a wedding guy. If I'm not invited to this wedding, you might be, like, dead to me, like as dead to me as humanly possible. So I just want to make that clear. I love it. Yeah, no, I, I'm excited, man. It, it it was crazy, dude. Everything happened in like a week. And insane. Just, insane. Yeah. Insane. Wow. I mean, like, so let's go into the proposal. Thing. How nervous were you for that? Because everyone always talks about, listen, I'm not a proposal guy. I've never proposed to anyone before. But everyone uh-huh. says it's the most nerve-wracking thing of all time. Dude, you know what's wild about it is, like, I, I wasn't that nervous. Because we, we had been together for a while. So, like, I had known, you know, that this was eventually going to happen. Um, you know, so like it was more, it was more nervous about her finding out than me actually asking the question. You know what I mean? Like, cause I, 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 we did, uh, we did on like a little like gondola deal yeah. and trying to make it so that it was a surprise for her. Right. Cause did she catch her, on though. Oh dude, quick, quick. But, <laughs> but then I threw out so many decoys to get her off my, off my, uh, my trail. So I was like, hey, you know, Chris and his friend, they want us to uh, go, you know, eat at this Mexican restaurant out in Las Colinas, which was already kind of weird to say anyway. But I was like, <laughs> I was like, they got friends that live out that way. They said it's the best place they've ever been to. So I tell her the name of the restaurant. She looks it up. There's one three miles away from their house. She's like, well, so she texts her. <laughs> and I was texting her mom and her family. I was like, look, like, I want y'all to come up. It's going to Saturday. I was like, y'all need to turn your location services off so that she can't track you guys, you know? And so immediately after I told her that about going out to Las Colinas, she texted her mom, I think Kyle's proposing this Saturday. And then her mom told me that. I was like, dude, it's, I'm not, I got timestamp <laughs> in four minutes. I was like, this is unbelievable. <laughs> so then, then I just started throwing out all kinds of random stuff. I was like, we're going to go do this next Saturday and then this on Tuesday and because two year, or, or two, that Tuesday was like our three years together. So I was kind of trying to like make it seem like I was going to do it then. Yeah. Just, just to, you know, blind her from the fact. But dude, she, yeah, she's an assassin, man. 
that's you gotta i mean that's it's tough to hide especially when you're when you uh Dude, it's such a random yeah, thing do. to do yeah especially now like because you got to get him dressed up you know and not suspicious it's i mean it's tough it is I, I, credit to you man i mean that's all time it's it's been the off season of kyle muller so yeah. let's go into it man so obviously new team for you brand new yeah. opportunity a team where you're gonna i mean i'm not gonna say guarantee but you have a chance to start and be mm-hmm. a, a consistent every day three or four starter on that team let's go into it where were you when you found out you got dealt what was your reaction who called you what was running through your head dude so i was driving out to go hunting um and then my high school pitching coach texted me he goes he goes are you in this trade i was like what are you talking about i was like i have no idea and then he sends me a screenshot obviously you know sean murphy to the braves i had no clue and i was i figured it but by the time they announced it, like I would have known before. Yeah. So I was like, oh, you know, I wonder who got traded. And then uh, then our assistant GM called me and, you know, the phone call was pretty short and sweet. He's like, I'm going to keep this short. You know, we've traded you to Oakland. You know, thank you for for your time. You know, wish you the best of luck. And so then it was just like that, man, like minute and a half phone call. Wow. I'm like, Dude, I'm in Oakland Athletic now, like just like that. So I start calling. I didn't know what to do. I was like, I'm going to call my parents. I guess. <laughs> I probably that's probably the best thing I should do. Call them and I tell them just straight up. I was like, yeah, so I just got traded. And they're like, it took them a second to process it, but uh, did that. And then once the, you know everything started to kind of come out, um, you know, like who was involved in the trade, then my phone started kind of trying to started blowing up. Then uh, Oakland's GM called me, talked to him. The manager called me while I was in the tree stand, and. I didn't have I didn't have very good uh cell service. So I was like, you know what? Like I'm in there. He goes, like, don't get out till you kill something. I was like, I like this guy, you know. And I was like <laughs> and so uh yeah, no, man, I'm excited. I'm I'm really I'm really fired up. Yeah, dude. It's like and obviously, like speaking of it, you being a young guy, like still like a, a young guy in the league, not much service time, you're going to a team where there's not many grizzled vets there. Like you're gonna, you're gonna start. Like you, it's it's kind of your position to lose now, right? Like being a starter for that team. So it kind of does it. Does that shift your off season training this year? Knowing it's like, listen, I I, it, I kind of have a job in the big leagues that that is mine to lose. So it kind of has a chip on your shoulder. Like how does that affect the way you train this off season? Um, it, it's it. I want to say it's a, a little bit more motivation, but like I was going into this year's camp expecting to compete for a starting spot in the rotation with Atlanta. Um, you know, so I already had, you know, plenty of chips on my shoulder. Like I was, I was ready to rock and roll. I was going to go in, you know, coming in hot, but it, it's kind of, it's kind of right on track with the same thing. Like I haven't, I haven't done anything over there in that organization. You know, I want to make a good first impression. Like, like it to say it's a guaranteed spot. I don't know. Um, you know, like, cause you obviously have to perform. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not going in there thinking that like I'm the guy or anything. I'm, I'm going to earn my spot like the rest of the guys and, you know, and, and, and go from there. Yeah. I just, it's wild. And this is a dumb brain question that I have here. So what do you do now with your Atlanta Braves gear? Like you can't be seen around where you probably have tons of Atlanta Braves gear. Like, what do you do with that? Is it throwing out now or is it gone? Dude, look at this. This isn't even all of it. This is like a whole laundry hamper that- full of two XL Braves gear. So if you know anybody, yeah, I won't fit me. I mean, that- <laughs> holy fuck! So I mean, that is a ton of shit. Like, 
And obviously, if someone sees you out in that, they're gonna be like, "What? What are you doing?" So now well, you got you, like you throwing bag has all my stuff in it. It's still a Braves bag because I didn't have any, you yeah. know, age. So it's like, I think it, it it's a slow transition out of it. Like I'm not wearing any of the, you know, like clothes anymore. Um, but you know that's just crazy, dude. Since 2016, that's all I've ever known. So I've I've have a serious collection of stuff <laughs> over the years. So, um. Yeah, it's kind of if I feel bad because it's a lot of quality, like it's like really quality stuff, like hoodies, pullovers, you know, dry fit shirts. And I'm like, well, I, I literally cannot wear this anymore. It's true. You really can't, which sucks. Like, right. I just man, I don't know. It's like the thing is now. So how do you approach getting A stuff and being able to train an A stuff? Like, are you going to go to Fanatics and just buy some A's gear no. now? Or what are you doing? I'm not, but, I'm not buying any, any team gear. I'm going to wait till camp and then. And then uh, just whatever whatever neutral bags I have, that's what I'm going to bring. Um, I'll probably bring a Braves bag to spring training just to swap it out. You know, yeah, when I get hand it over to the I clubby. Mean, the bags are legit. There's only one way to really carry all that stuff to the field. I will say that one thing that is just like this is show is just the team bags. That's like one thing I always notice in spring training is like the guys have these nice-ass like – team bags that look like they're just not a whole a single hole in sight in those bags it's electric shit but this is what i want to ask you so obviously i haven't had you on i believe since your debut or maybe we have no we haven't had you on since your mlb debut i asked this to strider i asked this to all the show guys i think glass now answered it as well what's the biggest difference off the field from the show to the minor league so i'll give you some context so Strider said it was the water pressure of the shower. No, Glass now said that. The water pressure of the showers and all the clubhouses. Strider said just having clean laundry wherever you go. What was it for you? Uh, the way you have to dress off the field. Like it, it, It's like going to and from the games, like you just dress nicer. You know what I mean? Like you just – you you wearing pull like, – like button downs with collars and yeah. like – you know, like you got a dress code, like AAA, dude. I was showing up in sweatpants, shorts, or sweatpants, a t-shirt, <laughs> a backpack, flip flops. Like, you, you, you'd have thought I was homeless or something if watching me go in the game. But in the show, you're all buttoned up, you look nice. Like, it's, it's, it. That's the only. That's really the only difference. I, I was like, yeah, this is, this is, this is a, a big change of pace. Is it the cars too? Cause I heard like some guys on the Braves have some just insane vehicles. Like I heard Dansby has like a, a like a Porsche or something like that. Or what, what's the uh, car situation like there in Atlanta? Who's, who's, who has the nicest whip? Well, I haven't, I, I didn't this past year. I didn't spend, I didn't play one game at home, so I didn't really get to see anybody's car. So I don't know what people have now. I know Acuna had the Lamborghini SUV. Azuma did. <laughs> Yeah, Ozuna did too. Um, Freddie has some really nice cars, or he had really nice cars in 2021. Um, I had seen Dansby's Porsche before. Uh, I think Charlie Morton. Charlie Morton's got a nice car. So like everybody's just got like the newer versions of everything. There was there was there was a couple like like Italian sports cars, you know, but. Most of the time, it's just like the newest model of stuff. That's so sick. I mean, that's the show, man. That's just the show. It's like Acuna having a Lambo SUV is just incredible. So, what are you doing? Are you like, are you going to get a new whip now? Well, I mean, once no. you start getting consistent games in the big leagues, no, no, I, I'm, I'm, dude, I'm gonna say the same guy. I mean, I'm sure down the road I'll get something different, but 
you know, I, I don't know. Right now I've got a truck, so I don't know how well that's going to be in California. Oh, gas and shit? Oh, that's nightmare fuel, buddy. Get in the car right now. I got one sec. I just got it. Um, yeah, wait. There we go. Sorry about that. Uh, no, I'm not, I don't think I'm going to get a a new car anytime soon. Yeah, you got to stick to your roots. And obviously, I, I'm assuming you're like kind of close with Spencer Strider. He gives me the vibe that he just drives like a 1992 Ford pickup truck or just like the most generic old vehicle of yeah. all time. Like, is that is that is that a good like analysis of Strider? He's just a different dude. He's a different he's a different guy. But like in the best ways, though. Yes, exactly. And I could not be more different in so many, so many ways. But I still like I, I enjoy talking to him. Like you know what I mean? It's like uh, it's not a it, it's not weird at all. Like like I personally eat like only steak, and he's and he's a vegan. Oh, he's a vegan. I didn't even ask him that on the podcast. He's a vegan. Yeah, yeah. No, and and I mean crushes it. Like you can tell. Like, they call him Quadzilla. So clearly he's doing it. You know, and thriving, throwing a hundred and a billion miles an hour. <laughs> you know, so like, but like in terms like that, like we're we're different but it's just crazy there's there's so many different ways to do this you know and it, it's cool because you get to see it you know all across the board what do you think because obviously you're a big weight room guy do you ever like when you look at strider you're like man i wonder what the fuck this dude's throwing up in the weight room because it, his legs are absurd like absurd yeah. i'm more impressed with his his uh mobility like he he moves really well like his hips like he's he's loose his T-spine rotation, his shoulder, like everything's like super flexible. I think that's why he gets into a lot of the positions he does. Um, you know, I, I definitely need to spend a little more time stretching. But, <laughs> but yeah, no, that, I think that's what's the most impressive is like sometimes he'll do exercises that involve a lot more like flexibility. And I'm like, damn, that, that's that's what's kind of more impressive to me. Yeah, it's just he's actually, you know what, like just based off that, I don't even think Strider probably – I don't think he squats that much. Maybe he's just that guy that's just super yoked because he's so flexible. And I could, I couldn't tell you that. I think he's a pretty strong dude, and he might be offended by you saying that. Maybe he but will. You, I I might have to text him about it because he, yeah, he he's I, a friend hey, of the pod. I might have to, yeah. Just say curiously, how much do you squat? Yeah, because I, I I might I might have to ask him. Maybe he does squat a lot, but he just gives me the vibe where he's like that guy who is just so yoked, but he's yoked in his own way where he just is just like does certain workouts that are like not heavy weight, but just like he crushes them to which builds his muscles. I don't know. I could be wrong on that, but that I had no idea he was vegan. That is wild. Yeah. That could never be you, right? You could just never, you can never be a vegan guy. Personally. No, (laughs) I couldn't do it either, bro. I it's crazy. It's, it's, it's a crazy choice, but I respect it. Good for Strider. But, and going back to that Braves team, obviously you getting some showtime and stuff like that. Who's one guy you played with that wowed you? Like one guy that you like got to watch hit, or got to watch pitch that you're just like, man, this guy is just, this guy's impressive. Michael Harris. I'd, I'd say that's probably a unanimous answer. Like just, he made, he made a lot of things look really easy, you know, just whether it be in the outfield or just like his, you know, his ability to hit balls to left field. Um, It, it just looked like a, a normal smooth swing. You know, I, I know like everyone makes a big deal about being able to hit the ball like to the opposite field. I mean, he he's probably one of the best at it. Like in watching him and Acuna do it together, like it's that's wild. 
it, it Michael Harris is like, I mean, rookie of the year. He just so you came up with him, I'm assuming, through the minors and stuff like that, right? Like you, you, yeah. I was ahead of him, so and then he skipped AAA. <laughs> I I hadn't gotten to play with him, but you know, three games or so. Oh, okay. But we, I mean, I got to I, actually COVID 2020. I got to face him a good bit at like the alt site. Um, but even still, like even between 2020 and 2021, 2022, like he's made huge jumps. Did you get it? Like when you watch a guy like that and you get to see him before he's in the major, especially in that COVID year, did, were you just like, this guy is going to be special. Like this guy is going to be a show, like just a freak of nature in the show. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing too, is like, it's hard to tell. Cause there's a lot of guys that you see uh, off the rip that are like, you know, damn, he'll be really good. And then just doesn't fizzle. Yeah. Fizzles out. Yeah. Doesn't. But like he, I mean, he didn't lose any momentum because he was raking in double. It gets called up and then just like, did it miss a beat? God, he's he just, like it was easier or something. He's a specimen, dude. And, and, and uh, I want to talk about Acuna too, because obviously you being a pitcher, you probably got to see a lot of his batting practice, stuff like that. And I think Strider or Soroka said that he just puts on a fucking show for yeah. batting practice. What was the first impression you got of seeing Ronald Acuna Jr. live? It's just, he's... He's not like the biggest person, like you. You know, you'd expect him to be like this big, strong, muscly yeah. dude. But elasticity of his muscles and how quick twitch he is, I mean, it's it's unbelievable. Like he just gets such a good stretch, you know, between his hips and shoulders when he's swinging, and then his hands are so fast. It's like I don't, I don't even know how to describe it. It it just looks effortless. He is. Oh, dude, that dude is just so fucking good. Yeah. But let's go back to I mean let's go back to the athletic situation here now. I mean, obviously you being with the new team and stuff like that, has a couple guys like reached out to you or followed you from that team or like any of their minor league guys, or did you know anyone that's in that system? Yeah, so I know um their catcher, Shay Langleers. Oh I, yeah, that's your boy. Yeah, that's my homie. I played with him back in in high school at like the area code game. Yes. So I then and then he got drafted and we played in like the COVID season together and then we didn't play in 2021. Then 2022, we got traded. Um, but dude, I, I, I love throwing him. He's, he's one of the best catchers, if not the best catcher I've ever thrown to. He is. I mean, VA has got a dog in that guy, man. He, I think he won futures game MVP if I have that correct. Right. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Oh, that dude is special, man. Holy shit. Yeah. And then I know, uh, uh, Christian Pache, he was with us. And then um, Connor Capel, he's an outfielder with them. I, I was committed to play at Texas with him. So yeah. we're all kind of – it's a it's a young team. There's definitely a lot of guys that are in their first couple of years, uh, which I'm excited about. I think that's fun. And then, uh, yeah, I'm just looking forward to getting over there and meeting everybody. What's one big league city you're looking forward to uh, playing in next year? Because obviously you uh, never played in the AL, right? So Yeah. Um, I think uh, I think Chicago would be cool. I know the best part is we go we come home to Texas, we go to Houston, we go to Arlington. Yeah, a couple of times. Um, dude, I don't know. I I, I don't want to you know put the cart before the horse. You know, I still have to take care of business out there. But uh, I never got to pitch in St. Louis. I don't know if we go there, but I got to. I watched the game there, and like their their fan base seems legit. Oh yeah. They're, it's just like we and we were putting it on them pretty bad, uh, like in back in twenty twenty one, and then they ended up scoring in like 
the crowd was like electric, you know, and I'd seen like places where if you're getting beat, you're getting booed by your home crowd. That's not that like that. It's not like that there. Yeah. I mean, you guys come to Toronto in June, so I'll see you. I'll see you then. Hopefully. Yeah. That humble brag. Every big leaguer loves to play here. That's like the consensus on this podcast. Everyone says they love playing in Toronto. So, uh, yeah, write that down. Remember that. That's going to be electric, the 23rd. Um, yeah, that'd be great. Do you have your passport? Yeah, I do. Okay, because I know a lot, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of, like, a lot of, like, uh, show guys or, like, guys that play in minors, they don't just, they just don't have their passport. But, yeah, uh, I, I got to find it. I know I lost it at one point, and I had to get a new one. <laughs> so, it's, it's somewhere around here. Yeah, let's go. Okay, so let's go back. Like, obviously, so you play got to ch- play like all your starts this year, like you said, were away. What mm-hmm. was the fan base that gave it to you the most? Like the fan that were just letting you have it in the bullpen or whenever? Yeah, I went to Miami, Texas, and Washington. Really, none, none this year. Or even last year, because you, you got to last- play the Mets last year, right? In City Field? New York, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the only time I had really been like, like actually heckled. And it was, it was, I mean, it was, dude, it was cool. I was like, you know what I mean? Like I see, I see stuff about this all the time and I'm like, now that's happening to me. It's pretty cool. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas city, go Kevin or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Dude, you carved that game too. Because I remember I made the graphic of you uh, as a father holding the Mets as a child. You went five, <laughs> yeah, five innings, no earned runs. Yeah, man, that was dude. Two years ago, you played some fucking teams. I mean, you played the Mets. You faced the Red Sox, the Padres. Milwaukee when they were good that year as well. Well, so so far in your big league career, what's the best city you visited? Um, dude, I, I New York was fun because you stay at the the Lot Palace, like you stay at a, a nice hotel, and then you know you can just walk around to a bunch of stuff. Um, so that was cool. Uh, I didn't spend there, see a lot of these places I got, you know, sent up and then to pitch and then got sent right back down. Yeah. You know, so I didn't get to spend a whole lot of time in these places. Um, but like, I'm sure Miami would have been cool. Like we got to stay there and it was right on the beach. I could have, I could have used a couple extra days there. That would have been cool. That would have been electric. So you're working out, are you working? So are you working out with a wit Forrest Whitley this off season? My guy. So when I go down to Houston, because um, that's where Connie's family is, I'll, there's there a facility down there called DST. Yeah. So that's where I work in when I go down there, and he works down there. So yeah. How's how's what doing? How's he doing? I, I know he's rehabbing. He's great, man. He's great. We've thrown and he's just he's he's got electric stuff. It's, he's it's be electric. That's what pisses me off about the Astros, man. They lose Verlander, that Connor Brown kid comes up, who's disgusting, and they got Whitley just waiting right there in the crosshairs that who just throws like ninety eight. It's just it's yeah. insane. And how, so, how like how has his recovery been? Like, is he fully lifting now and fully throwing and all that type of stuff? Yeah, he's good. He finished the year in Triple uh, A. Yeah, so I mean, he's he's full go. I think 
He is so good, dude. I can't I can't wait till that debut. It's going to be uh, long overdue, man, especially with all the injuries he had and uh, all the stuff yeah. he had to overcome. So it's going to be electric. But uh, how, and obviously going into workout stuff. So I'm obviously really good buddies with your brother, Chris. I actually got to meet him. Uh, uh, me and him went to go see the Niagara Falls. Uh, I think it was like oh, May or whatever. No uh, way. Yeah. So I, him and I went out, whatever, went out to eat. Um, Pretty how's romantic. he doing, man? Is he outlifting you now or what's the deal with that? We're pretty close. We're pretty close. I know earlier in the off season he hit 500 pounds on squat. I still have yet to do that. I think I've got him on bench press now. Um, you know he's kind of he's kind of moved away from that. Um, but I don't know. It's 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 pretty close now because there was I think last off season he was definitely stronger than me, which was it, you know it's a tough pill to swallow. Um, but I think we're we're probably pretty close right now how, how does that work though because i always hear this with pitchers and stuff like that where they say i don't bench because like it's not a movement that's good for pitchers or whatever maybe you could give us a background on that how, how does that work like is, is bench are you just completely scrap like do pitchers just completely scrap it does it affect the way you guys throw and work and stuff like that i straight i've straight bar benched now for the last three off seasons um yeah i've been i've made made all my starts knock on wood you know, yeah, but knock like, on wood. Um, I I think it just depends on on how you do it. If you when you go down, if your arms are like cranked up up here, and then you start getting into your like upper traps, trying to like get it up. Yeah, not the best. But if you can keep your elbows down at like a forty five degree and keep like a relaxed shoulder, uh, I don't think it's bad for you at all. I know a lot of people say that when you straight bar bench press, you limit the movement of the scaps. So like your shoulder blade, it's supposed to like rotate up around your rib cage. Yeah. And so if you, when you straight bar bench, you kind of keep that pin back. And so they think that that'll mess up the movement of your shoulder. But I mean, I throw, I, I do a hundred throws or whatever every day. I, you know, I, I'll do 20 reps of bench press. That's not going to change the movement of my shoulder blades. No. Definitely will. I mean, yeah, it's just I think it's just like a to each its own with that type of stuff for sure. Yeah, it's just it all depends on that. But you know, I I think back you know when you know strength and conditioning became a thing, like it was it was fine. And then I think over the years we've gotten so functional about it that we've kind of lost the meat and potatoes of exercising. You know, like if it was a bad exercise, nobody would be doing it anymore. Exactly. No, exactly. Uh, I think that makes that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. But it is. I mean, obviously, it's just it's it, it's like a it's a movement that you like pitchers and baseball have been doing for like hundreds of years. So like just completely eliminating it doesn't really make sense, especially if if you're if you do it the right way, like you said, you do it. But going back to the majors and stuff like that, what I I gotta ask you, who's one hitter you faced so far in your career? Where it's like I can't believe this guy's in the batter's box against me. Like I can't believe I'm. Fit. I obviously you probably don't have you don't have that mindset when you're on the mound in the time period. But when you take a step back, who's one guy you face where you're like I cannot believe I'm facing this dude right now? At at this point in my career, just from who I've faced, I'd probably have to say Joey Votto. Canadian I think legend. That, that's yeah, that's a really cool one. Um, but I'm trying to think of who else. I don't know. I think I think now, like our first, you know, uh, series would be against the Angels this year. So, like to face Mike Trout, I think that. Oh, would probably... and Otani! Holy yeah. shit! 
like okay like you know what i mean like that's something that i would be like yeah like i'm I'm fired up for this one and, and seeing what otani does like you being a guy that obviously like you pitch and stuff like that is it as a like as a professional baseball player is it wild to just see that this guy does both yeah but that's successfully too it's not even that he just does both you know like he's he's one of the better hitters in the league he's one of the better pitchers in the league it's like it's it's crazy i mean but i mean he's he's crushing it it's it's like it's tough to not give him the mvp every year I just uh, – I'm not saying this. I'm a judge hater. I think he deserved it last year, but whatever. Yeah. But, uh, dude, you faced so – I'm looking at your stats right now. You, dude, you faced – you faced DeGrom. DeGrom went up in the box against you. Uh, you faced Tatis. Wow, man. This is – I mean, this is a laundry list here. Star- Starling Marte, Lindor, our guy, Jonathan India. Wow. So you – and you faced Sandy Alcantara. What's he lifetime again? Oh, for 1 with a strikeout. Out of boy. Yeah, my bad. You love to see that shit, but yeah, man. I mean, this is wild. Like, crapped it out against him. Yeah. Oh, you faced him too in the batter's box. That too. How pissed I, are How pissed are you that that's gone now? Not really. Really? Because, dude, you're you're a, you're a guy that could hit though. Yeah. Selfishly, like like that aspect, I thought it was fun, but being able to go in between innings and like only have to focus on pitching and not like, oh shit, I got to go hit. And then you go hit, say you get on base or like, you don't, you don't really get to catch your breath as much. You know what I mean? Now I get to only focus on pitching and use all my energy to go deeper into games. Um, but I mean, dude, it was, it was awesome. Like I got to, I got to face the Grom, uh, Alcantara. Uh, I want to, I think it was. Strowman you faced. Strowman. I got my first. Yeah. I want to talk about that, dude. You. So this is wild stat about you. So when you guys faced the Mets, Stroman only gave up two hits, and you were one of them. Well, what was that about? Like it was you and Jock Peterson, or uh, dude, it was a smash. I, I fake bunted and then pulled back and hit a pretty soft ground ball in between the third baseman and shortstop. I actually I read that wrong. I'm a dumb JUCO idiot. He gave up ten hits, but you, I mean, you you, you got one of them. So, I mean, we got to – maybe if the, if we get into extra innings here, like 16th, 17th inning for the A's, maybe they got to pinch hit you. That is wild. That, I'd be down. That's such a baller stat line, though, for you. I mean, you go five innings, four hits, no earned runs, and then you go fucking one for two in the batter's box. I mean, that's that's that all day. Good. Yeah, that was, that was fun. I, I think my favorite at bat, though, is I got to walk off the Grom. It was like an eight pitch at bat, <laughs> and I, I, that was the only, like I I either put the ball in play or I punch out because I'm swinging like off the rip out of your ass, yeah, yeah. Like I'm not I'm not up there, you know, trying to get a hit. I'm trying to hit a homer, dude. That is holy fuck. That's funny. Let's go. I want to go. Let me let me see that Mets game. You you hit off the ground or you walked off the ground, June twenty first. I think it was. I think I was like the first person on. What base. a goddamn step! Look at this. DeGrom versus Muller and Edwin Diaz got the save. What a box score. Holy <laughs> shit. What's it yeah. like seeing DeGrom in person? Like, just is he like a unicorn like everyone says he is? I mean, when you faced him, he was 7-2 and two with a .5 ERA. I mean, talk about throwing you into the fucking fire <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> against DeGrom. 
No, dude. I mean, it was, I have watched so much video on him and like highlight videos and like trying to learn like different parts of his delivery. And so when I was in the batter's box, like I feel like I had almost been there before because <laughs> no, I'm not even bullshitting you because I had watched so much video about it. And so it was, he's so smooth. It's, it's almost like mesmerizing. And I know he's not going to hit me, even though he throws uh, like gas, like he's not going to hit me like, cause he's got pinpoint command. So I was like, I just got to, you know, be on time. What's and, it like? What's it like seeing though, like a hundred on the block in the batter's box? Is it quick. intimidating as fuck? So with him, with the way how like how smooth he was throwing it, and knowing that he wasn't going to hit, that, what the intimidation part is when you feel like you might get drilled by the ball. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like a hundred, not fun to get hit by. You know, so I don't care who you are. Like, oh, I'm not scared of getting hit. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm not scared of getting hit either, but I don't want to get hit. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, there's there's kids who go up, like, now, like, literally, go, I'm scared of the ball. Like, I'm not scared of the ball. Like, I'll I'll wear it, you know, but, like, I don't want to. You don't <laughs> want to wear 100, yeah. right? I don't, I don't want – you know, like, I'm there to pitch. You know, hitting's extracurricular at this point. So – but it was, like, so smooth it was like almost mesmerizing. So I felt kind of, I, I felt pretty comfortable. I don't want to hear, I don't want him to end up hearing me say that and face him one day and him just like, <laughs> and just go good morning, good afternoon, good night against you. But like, I know my, the expectations of me doing anything that at bat were so low that it was like, all right, I'm, I'm not, ha- I was literally just having fun, which that's is crazy. You boil it down to like, that's essentially what we're supposed to be doing as much as it's business related. Like you are just supposed to be having fun out there. Ah, that's true. It just, man, I, you got your rookie year. You go, you had to face Marcus Stroman. You had to face Brandon Woodruff, I believe it was in Milwaukee. Yeah. And then you had to face Jacob Degrom in your rookie season. Go head to head with the number and, one guys and Alcantara. Al wild, wild. <laughs> so like facing those guys, though, obviously you're not saying, like I said, you're not saying that in the moment. But have you gotten like really a chance, even now, like in the off season? To step back, step back, you'd be like, man, I got to pitch in the fucking show. Like, have you had that chance to say that yet to yourself and just kind of step back and realize it? Yeah. Yeah, no, but you do such a, or at least I have tried to do, you know, a lot of work to make it feel just like another game. So you almost take away the environment and the fact that it is the big leagues. You try and just make it feel like it's another game. So those feelings are, you know, you, you kind of really have to search for them, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, the build-up to it is different, but when you – after the first pitch, I mean, it's just another game. You know what I remember the most from your debut or first appearance? Yeah, I think it was your debut against Boston. The your brother hit. was fucking mangled. It's <laughs> sitting in the family section. Like, I was watching his stories – and he's just screaming, that's my fucking brother. And he, he oh, is yeah. just mangled. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. I can't forget it. He was, I mean. It was the best. It, the fact that that didn't make any social media, like just a video of him just being an absolute lunatic in the 100 level was wild to me. Oh, he was, was mangled. Yeah. No, it was it was fantastic. But we went, dude, We the whole family uh, and, like, everybody I had there, we went out to uh, the battery, like, right outside of the stadium after the game, and, like, we literally closed it down. That's like we so were, sick. Like, 2 a.m. 
So you got to do that though, man. You got to embrace like no matter what outcome of what happened, dude, like you got to just like, you got to embrace those moments. You can't just can't let that shit affect you, man. Like, right. Like you got to pitch in a big league game. Your whole family was there. Not Some people might, some people don't get the chance to say that, right? Like your whole family right. got to watch you do it. Uh, they were there in person and then just fucking go to the bar and get mangled out. That's what Logan Webb does. Logan Webb said on the podcast, he's like, after every big league start, I like to have a couple drinks with my hometown buddies in San Francisco. Just ha- just go to the patio and just have a couple drinks with the boys. You go because you don't know how long you're gonna be there for, right? Like, yeah, you gotta ta- you gotta take advantage of those moments. But I mean, going into like some games you did pitch, like your okay. best gate, your best game so far in your career was against the Reds. I mean, we're talking five innings, nine punchies. Was that the best stuff that you could say you've had so far in your career? Like yeah. where it's like this is unhittable what I'm throwing right now. Yeah, you know, I've had I've had some games like that where I felt pretty good in triple A, but at least in on the, at the big league level, that like that was the first time where I had, you know, like full full confidence in throwing my heater uh and in letting it rip. Um you know, I'm that was that was one thing too. Like you get sent up, sent down, like you're just you're trying to you just want to compete. You know what I mean? Like you just want to be in the strike zone and compete. So, like, you kind of don't worry about, like, velo or anything. Or at least that's, you know, my thing. It's like, I'm there to compete. Yeah. You know, if I throw a little bit slower and throw more strikes, like, I'm okay with that because I'm trying to give the team a chance to win versus just walking everybody, you know? Um, that's a pretty – I don't know if I like that mindset, but at least that game, like, I was I was letting that thing fly and just – I had the breaking stuff working. Um but if you look back, I was behind in the count a whole lot. Yeah, I mean, just 55 the- strikes and 93 pitches. But, dude, like, yeah. that's what makes people big leaguers, though, right? I mean, being able yeah. to work out of that shit. Like, that's, that's like, a good learning curve for you, though, to be like, listen, I didn't have, like, my best stuff. Like, I wasn't throwing a lot of strikes. But I went five innings, nine punchies with one. Oh, my God, you had one hit? Holy. <laughs> that's insane, dude. Like, and and pitching in a big league game like that and looking behind you and seeing like Austin Riley, Dansby Swanson, Acuna, all these guys, does it make it way easier for you knowing that the guys behind you will rarely, if ever, make a mistake if you put a ball in play? It's it's a luxury. It doesn't make it any easier, I don't think, because you know, like you, you they they play at such a high level, you want to play at that level. Yeah. You know, so you almost put a little more emphasis on performing you know because you don't want to let those guys down if that makes sense yeah, you know no, but, that, that's a good but like when the balls hit like sometimes i was like oh that's a hit and then it's been out and i'm like cool like, <laughs> i'm like this sick. that was the year when the big the baseballs were getting like fucked with and stuff like that did you notice that a little bit like some balls you would grab would feel different than others uh no i really didn't I don't pay too much attention to that. To the ball, you never. So you never like. You're not the type of guy that asks for a new ball. Not it. It takes a lot. Like it's got to be like dented. Personally, I don't like throwing with scuff balls. I know some guys that like to sink it or throw a lot of changeups or something like. Yeah. Use this their advantage. I don't really think about it. As long as there's a lace that I can get, I'm I'm pretty low maintenance when it comes to that. I can respect that. And this is another thing with um this is another thing with playing in the show that I obviously my dumb brain wants to know about. What's it like the respect factor with umpires? Like are umpires like to you like you being a rookie you kind of got to earn that like borderline call by being in the league and stuff like that? Like 
what's like the unwritten like rules between like the the pitchers, the hitters, and the umpire? Like, do the veterans usually get the 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 benefit of the doubt with calls compared to like if you throw a pitch on the block that's kind of borderline? I haven't really noticed it, to be honest with you. I mean, it could have happened, but it, it, it's not it's not something I spend a whole lot of time thinking about, you know what I mean? Like, cause that pitch is done. I got to get on to the next one. So I, I, I've, if it has happened, I've just skipped over it. But I, I mean, I feel like I've been treated in my couple of outings. I feel like I've been treated pretty fairly. Yeah. It's just, I mean, that game also against the Reds, Acuna went two for four with a nuke, but that, that stadium, uh, great American. I went there this year to go visit a couple guys and they're playing the Reds. Red. That is a that is like a the most hitters ballpark I've ever seen. Oh, short porch too. Yeah. No, I mean you it's, can you there. It, it's a beautiful ballpark though, man. Yeah. No, it's it a, really is. And when there's nobody in the stands, uh, at least like uh, while you're warming up, like it's there's so much red. <laughs> it's crazy. I love it. I love that yeah. stadium. I think it's one of the most underrated ones. But uh, let's go into a couple more things here. So obviously, you being with the uh, with the Oakland A's now and all that type of stuff. Um, what's one thing that you like, had they reached out to you on things that they want you to work on? Like, have they given you an off season, like plan and stuff like that? Or like, what, what's your kind of goals this off season now? Um, for me, it's just kind of keeping up with, you know, what I, what I was getting better at last year. Um, I started the year off really strong and then kind of my last month I didn't do so hot. Um, so just picking, you know, what drills I do in the off season, knowing why I do them and then taking that focus throughout the, the season. Cause it gets to a point where, you know, like mid season you hit a lull and you've been doing the same thing every single day, you know, it's so like, you don't, you kind of just go through the motions or at least that's what happened to me last year. Like I kind of went through the motions of, uh, I'm just got to go do my drills to warm up versus actually thinking about why I'm doing them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, so having more of a, a focus on that kind of stuff day in and day out, I think will help with consistency throughout the season. Um, but other than that, man, just I'll, just fine-tuning some pitches. Like my control and command was the best it's been in my career last year. Um, you know, so just continuing to improve on that and, you know, ha- have fun with it all. Yeah, I mean, baseball reference is projecting you to have a good year next year. Uh, I'll give you the numbers here. Projecting you to go 4-4 four and four with a 4-3. I'll take that in the show 10 times out of fucking yeah. 10. And, yeah, we'll and, see. We'll see. We'll see. You know how right that is, but and, and they're it. projecting you to have two saves, which is a wild pro- projection. But whatever. Okay, well, that kind of discredits everything that they. <laughs> Are you, is that something you wouldn't be opposed to, though? Especially you being a guy that has such electric stuff. I mean, just Not letting it eat for one inning is kind of kind of the play. I think. It, I think being a reliever is way better than being a starter. No, I'm not ready for that at this point. You know, I, I feel like I've made really, really big strides in in terms of being a starting pitcher you know i i, I want to have a full chance to see what i can do over the course of a year you know um get comfortable there and then you know keep working because every year i've 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 played at whatever level if i've gone up or down i've gotten better at it, the more comfortable i've gotten and that's just the thing that i haven't been able to do is get comfortable in the sense of every time i go somewhere i get sent down immediately yeah you know, so like having that security at one point hopefully would be awesome to where it's like, you know, I have a bad outing. I can look forward to five days from now and, and improve on that versus 
going into the game like, oh, if I have a bad game, they're going to send me down. You know, because I don't want to. I, I don't want to be in AAA. You know, even even when I was with Atlanta, I didn't. Even though be in it's in Vegas, though, it's in don't Vegas. Be, I don't care. I don't care if it was in wherever. I don't want to. Like my goal is to be a major league pitcher. You know, so when you're there, all you want to do is stay there. You know, and it's like if I there's really the only thing I can do is pitch my ass off, but then also, you know, I'm putting extra pressure on myself rather than just going out there and like doing my thing. Yeah, it's it's a tough it's a it's a tough thing to do. You know, yeah, you're in a weird spot last year, and uh, just knowing like not being certain where you're gonna be the next day, it takes such a toll on like the mind. It takes such a toll on the body. It's like, man, if I if I get shelled here. I'm going to be in, I'm going to be in triple A tomorrow or like, you're not, I'm not saying you're like banking. But it for it. Good. There's times where it was like, even if I shoved, like I knew I was getting sent back down the next day. Really? Yeah. No, dude. It was like, Hey, we need you for one game. And so then you do your whole thing. Go, like I had three starts, three days of service. Wow. That's such a, that's there such are people a... days of service time that hadn't even thrown an inning. Yeah. Like the bullpen guys or wow, man. It's it's a weird it's a weird place to be not knowing, and like I know people obviously always look at numbers and stuff like that, but for me a lot of the times I look at situation, like especially a guy that isn't getting everyday big league at bats or isn't like hasn't saw a live pitching in three weeks, you can't expect them to pinch hit and compete in the batter's box or like go or or start a game and go like three for four or stuff like that. Like but you're expected to do that. Yeah, it's Which wild. I- it, that's the name of the game and I'm not, you know, like gonna gonna make excuses. Like the games I did good, I did good. The games I did bad, I did bad. Like that's it is what it is. I'm just saying from a if it like a consistency standpoint, like if your routine's not consistent, it's kind of hard to have consistent results. For sure. And I, and it's the it's really the only sport where it's like you could be on the roster for multiple days or multiple like weeks but never get like a chance like to play or to start or like get consistent innings. And every other sport, you get called up pretty much. You you'll you'll probably play in majority of the games that you're called up for. So it is a wild concept. But uh, the last thing I want to talk about here is obviously um, your brother Chris here. Yeah. I mean, he had really good numbers last year. Strikeout numbers were really high, and he's in an organization that loves giving guys a chance for that debut. I mean, what, how, your hands are kind of tied now. Like if you're if you're in the show and stuff like that, what are you going to do? Are you gonna are you gonna be able to make that debut, dude? I just got to hope that the stars align kind of like the way he was at mine was he was playing the Rome Braves that same day and they had a day game. And that's an, that's an hour and a half away from Atlanta. So he played his day game. Then my parents picked him up from his game, brought him to my game. And then, yeah. So, I mean, the fact that we were in the same, because if he was anywhere else, it wouldn't have been able to happen, you know? So I'm, I'm open. I think we play everybody this year. That's the new scheduling thing. Yeah, so you play I, everyone because the Jays play every single team. So it's a balanced yeah, schedule. The time we play Tampa, that that's his that's his debut. We gotta get yeah. uh we gotta get your mom like the split jersey, like the A's yeah. uh Rays jersey. That'd be cool. <laughs> that would be, be electric. But uh anyways, man, like I said, I'm pumped for you, man. It's been a really good offseason for you so far, obviously, with the engagement, obviously getting traded to like a massive opportunity for yourself now. So I'm pumped for you. Uh, always, you'll always be a front of the show. I'll always, uh, 
I'll always have your back on social media. As you know, I like I love body bagging people. So uh, I appreciate you, man, and keep doing your thing, brother. Like I said, I'll see you in June. I'll see you in June in that in Toronto. Book it. Book it. Thank you for listening to Officially Unofficial. Make sure you guys subscribe and leave a review on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Official Unofficial Pod and on Instagram at Officially Unofficial Pod. Thank you. Mm-hmm.